Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it's Tuesdays. I'm, uh, I'm actually in Calgary, Alberta, the, uh, the center of the oil industry in Canada. Stu, I, I, you look like you're at home. I'm still at home, Dave. And, and, and as usual, no one dresses up for Tuesdays quite like you. Yeah, well, gotta uh, gotta look sharp, right? You would know. Gotta look sharp. Is that is that uh, is that 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 cashmere that sweater looks very soft. Merino wool. Oh, cashmere. merino wool. Well, that's, that's, Cashmere's too hot. That's uh, that that's nice. We should try alpaca. I was watching uh, Arnold Palmer's old favorite. So uh, let let's uh, we're we're uh, we're we're now we're now two weeks into the Russian invasion of of Ukraine, and we've seen you know what's happened with markets, uh, both fixed income and equity. Uh, and, and, you know, this is, this is probably a good time for investors to go back to first principles, uh, to go back to their plan, to go back to think about, uh, what their risk tolerance is. It's these kind of moments that kind of test, uh, what your real risk tolerance is. And we'll, we'll circle back to that at the end of, of going to you as a professional investor managing, you know, billions of dollars of assets, you also go back to first principles and, and you've got a core set of principles that you follow, uh, things that you look at when, when, you know, when things are shifting and you want to make sure that you're in the right spot or understand what actions you need to take. So why don't you walk us through, I think we've done this before, but this is a particularly interesting time or different time what are you looking at and, and how are you using those basic principles uh, to make decisions right now? Well, as an investor inside of the funds, um, you know, the things that you're looking at, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but the first is the balance sheet of the business. That is your first protection against volatility. So, um, you know, looking at a company's balance sheet, looking at the ratios relative to their equity, uh, relative to the cash flow that they might generate and, um, you know, kind of working through is that, a potential stress. And it's a potential stress for a couple of reasons. The first is, um, you know, if we're going to get more volatility in the revenue line, we can go talk to management about, you know, what might you do to change things? What might you do to expenses to preserve the cash flow? But what you really don't want in this environment is you don't want a business that has to focus on its balance sheet. You want them focusing on dealing with the task at hand, which is managing the business through this process and also looking for opportunities that inevitably will present themselves to get them uh, through to the other side. So the balance sheet is the starting point. Then you're on to discussions around margins. And um, you know margins are gonna move around in some businesses a little bit more than, than they might've. Uh, you know, energy businesses are gonna see expansion. Uh, some domestically oriented businesses are gonna see expansion. Some other businesses where their input costs are gonna go up are gonna see contraction. So, you know, we need to kind of go through company by company and have a look at that and then compare those scenarios relative to the share price that exists at the time. Um, you know, so you've seen, you know, big spikes and we've talked about this in fertilizer companies, energy companies, some gold companies. So we need to, you know, think through that. And we've also seen others that are pressured. If you have a share price that's pressured and you're not worried about the balance sheet, and management is capable, then time is on your side because you know that that eventually will uh, sort itself out. If you have that same situation, but you're a little bit worried about the balance sheet, then uh, you might take that one off your list in this environment. So those are those are the things that are going on 
inside of the funds. It's um, as it always is. It's it's we call it back to basics, but uh, it's really an ongoing process of uh, of basics. And um, you know, scenario process, scenario uh, investing is uh, very iterative. Um, as soon as you're done the scenario, you start again, um, and never more so than today when. Uh, you know, things are changing at very, uh, at very quick paces. You have, you know, you have rising energy prices. You have to figure out what that means for energy companies, but it's also going to have some impact on some consumption. So, you know, you need to work through, um, you know, all the pros and cons across all the businesses that uh, are available and, uh, and uh, you know, kind of keep doing that on an ongoing basis. So, so Stu, like I, when, when I look at my portfolio right now and I, and I look at the ups and downs every day, <laughs> even within days, I, I, I just feel that desire, that sense that I should be doing something. I should be taking action. It, does, does that creep up on you when you're managing through a situation like this? It, it, it certainly does because it's human nature. Um, but, uh, you know, that is where the process really comes into play because uh, volatility can do one of two things. You can turn it into your friend, right? And, you know, Warren Buffett has written about this, like, you know, you want the market to serve you rather than vice versa. Um, so, you know, some of the other things that really come into a play, we've, we've talked about technical analysis, Um you know, so, you know, there's conditions inside when you look at a chart of if something is overbought or if it's oversold. And, um, you know, those are those are indicators that we use. And what that really says is, are you late to the party? Right. So if something is really overbought and you're like, I can't stand this, I have to buy some. You look at that indicator and you say, wait a second, I am the last one to arrive at this concert. I'm just going to wait for a couple of days. And even if the price stays the same, but the overbought condition works itself off, it gives you a little bit more confidence. Uh, and the same when you go to sell something. Um, you know, there's things where you're just like, oh, I can't stand this anymore. You go look at it and you're like, this is as oversold as it gets. I'm going to give that some time just to just to see how how uh, things might progress a little bit. So, you know, like when you're when you're when you're doing portfolio management, you kind of have you kind of have three, uh, you know, silos that you're looking at. The first is. Is it a, a business that I want to own over a long period of time? Uh, you know, so you try and answer that question. You know, Doug would say, you know, those are the those are the horses in the stable, and when do I pull them out onto the track? Uh, you know, I put them out onto the track when the scenarios are in favor, and that's where you get into some technical analysis. And you know, my bringing this horse out of the track right as uh, everyone has already acknowledged that that's a good thing to do, and vice versa. And then you have uh, your portfolio characteristics where, you know, you're looking at the risk positioning you might have. And, you know, am I exposed to uh, how is my portfolio exposed to this factor uh, versus the market? Um, you know, is it dividend stocks? Is it balance sheet? Is it, you know, these different factors? And that also can can result in some some tweaking to the portfolio. But, you know, generally speaking, uh, over a long period of time, and this is where there's strong alignment with you know, the same thing that our investors are trying to do is if I own a collection of businesses where the odds are generally in their favor over a very long period of time and they're good businesses, I'm going to get a pretty reasonable return from that. And, um, you know, that's why we also spend time like thinking about the market where like, you know, in the long term, uh, we get earnings growth and we use normal valuations and what type of return is available to us. And, you know, that doesn't change nearly as much as the day to day volatility might suggest. And then we have a bunch of tools that help us, uh, you know, deal with the short term, which is often a function of liquidity and sentiment. 
and you know some of the emotions that we've discussed today. Um, you know, probably the one thing that uh, has changed a little bit in the last week is some of the liquidity indicators. Uh, so we have to be a little bit wary of that because you know credit spreads have widened uh, you know a little bit more than um, than many would like to see in the last week. Um, and that's and that's a function of like when you get all this massive volatility, it it removes liquidity from marketplaces. And when you remove liquidity, you need a higher return to incent it to come back. Um, and that's what we see with with higher credit spreads. Um, but it, that is a real governor on you know some earnings and some economic activity, and 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 we have to work that we have to work that through in the short term. It doesn't really impact the long term. But it uh, it can impact the short term, and we have to always have that on our uh, on our radar screen. So, so Stu, when you're talking about credit spreads, just to be just to be clear, we're talking about the difference in the yield that a very low risk company or government would 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 have to pay, or or where their 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 bonds would trade versus a higher risk company or government. Uh, and and when 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 risk appetite is reduced or liquidity gets tighter those spreads widen uh, and that's just a reflection of the risk environment that we're, we're, we're involved in right now. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, companies have credit ratings. So a AAA rated credit, like a, you know, a Berkshire Hathaway or something would trade very tight, though very low credit spread to the government, but even that might widen yeah. by a basis point or two basis points during a period like this. And if you are uh, an investment grade credit, your triple B, those are wider yet and so forth. So yeah, you're exactly right. It's that spread between, what companies borrow at and what governments borrow at. Yeah. So like the, my one brother-in-law always pays me back. I lend him money. My other brother-in-law, he's got to give me a lot to uh, be, before I'm going to give him a couple of bucks because uh, he never pays back. I, I'll, I'll warn you about him after the broadcast. But but so, so Stu, the, 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 the big thing here, I think, for, for the audience to take away is really around uh, the, the idea that you have a very set process because... And, and we talked about this throughout the, the, the you know, Stu's days over the last three years as we've been doing them, that when, when things start to get uncertain, when things start to get, you know, really almost overwhelming from an emotional standpoint, you fall back to those, those principles, that process that you have, and it avoids you making emotional decisions that will hurt you as an investor in the long run. Is, and, and, and investors... So your your this is your profession. You, you you know you spent your whole life learning this 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 profession, and and you're in it every day. You're you're working you know, almost twenty four hours a day doing this. For for some of us who aren't as deeply involved, we may not go to the depth or have the the the, the detail of process that you have. But just having a basic plan in place of what you're trying to achieve is so critically important, particularly at moments like this. Yeah, I think that's that's bang on. Like uh, an investor in the markets uh, prepares themselves for, for all sorts of activity, much of which you can't even uh, dream of in advance. Uh, you just know that there'll be something. Um, but you also kind of do it with the notion that a good business generating cash flow, either paying that cash flow back to me or reinvesting it wisely, will compound value over time. I can look at a broad group of stocks and compare, you know, that valuation both on absolute terms or relative to what's available in fixed income. And normally there's a risk premium, which there is uh, pretty consistently. And if I give it time, I'll capture that 
um, and um, you know that is one of the kind of central tenets. It's it's uh, you know simultaneously being uh, aware and acknowledging there'll be volatility, and also being confident that uh, you know in the long term uh, businesses uh, drive a fair amount of value for shareholders. Excellent. Well, Stu, uh, thank you as always. That was uh, that that's fantastic guidance, and again, so important to have that those those core principles, a core process. A, 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 an approach that you use that you can always come back to when when faced with uncertain and emotional times. So, Stu, uh, thanks, and we'll, we'll look forward to hearing what you uh, what you have to say on things next week. Great, thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management Inc. for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.